We have to focus on who he is. Last week we talked about link arms. We got into that and uh, God really began to speak about the importance of linking arms. And a couple things that we hit on is that a soldier isolated in their mind is a soldier separated from their team. There's no more importance than being connected with your teammates when you go into battle. You need each other. That means that anything that's trying to disconnect you or keep you separated, that the true statement of a house divided is a house that will fall, it's true. It is true. And when we, as Christians, represent the house of God, I'm talking about right here, this is just a building. But when we, as Christians, represent the house of God and who he is in our lives, what happens is we can stand united with others who are around us and begin to link arms for the same cause. I said it at the very end, but it was one team, one goal, one victory. And it's all for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's amazing what God's doing. And it's powerful. But today we want to continue into the second part of linking arms and how important it is. Um, We dealt with self-isolation. We dealt with what we struggle with in our minds. We dealt with that. We dealt with also as be the teammate that you desire to have. What you complain about, are you any better than what you complain about? And self-reflection is so much better than deflection. And what happens is often we don't choose to reflect, but we deflect and take all of our issues out and, and blame everybody else and everything else around us. And we begin to disconnect even more so from the people around us that truly do love us instead of reflecting inside of why do we respond certain ways? Why do certain things bother us? Why do we have issues with things? And we really hit on that last week. And I think it's important that no matter how much we go through just because that was one sermon, I believe that it's important for us to reflect every day. We have to reflect in the mirror of God who we are and let the light of who he is shine on us so that we can know what we are reflecting out to the world. And so I'm going to ask you to get your spiritual Windex out and clean off your window, clean off your mirrors, and allow God to come in. Quit fogging up the mirror. Get your, quit your running your mouth and getting your hot breath running the, running the mirror. And ruining it and allow God to come in and begin to speak to your heart today. Amen? Amen. We declare war. It's a statement that's so, so broad. It, 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 it moves all kinds of things. And I think it's, it's time. It's time to, to start acting on what God has already told us to do. Guys, I don't know if you realize the timing of of everything that is even going on. When you leave today, as you walk out, please look to the left and look on that chalkboard of everything that is the season we're in. We're not in a new sermon series. We're just on chapter 6. I don't know if you understand that God has placed all this stuff in order leading up to this point. We declare war. And with the way our world's going, the way... Uh, things are happening, I'm telling you right now, you cannot go on your own strength to fight a battle. This is not a physical fight. This is a spiritual battle. And the battle belongs to the Lord. You can't be dictated by everything else. We watch the news and we know people personally and we see it where people are being demand to do a certain thing or take a shot or they're out of their 
job or whatever the case is. You can't fight the way the world fights. You have to, you have to fight this spiritually. Nobody needs your statistics. Nobody, they need you. What God needs is you to stand strong in him. Stand strong and courageous. We're living in a time like no other time ever in history. You can look back and say how everything has changed and things were different. And there were times all throughout history that we can look and like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. We are living in this moment right now. And if you call yourself a Christian, quit being so confused and shocked by these things. It says it's only going to get worse. And like I said earlier, we got to be brighter. If we declare war, we have to stand. It's, it's almost like the game, like how hide-and-seek is. There's a statement at the end of counting, and it is, ready or not, here I come. And I want to say this to any Christian, any follower. I would say this anyway to any pastor, anybody else. It's time for the church, the local church everywhere, to declare war on the enemy. We're stronger together. It is not about these individual churches. It is about the kingdom of God and it advancing. Nothing else. Nothing else matters. It's about Jesus getting the glory out of all of it. We declare war. Quit being shocked. Quit being so dumbfounded by it. And it's that moment, ready or not. Ready or not. Here I come. And I think as a Christian, I think it's one of those things that you have to realize for yourselves, church, saints, ready or not, pick up your sword. Ready or not, grab your shield. Ready or not, put the helmet on. Ready or not, here we go. Oh, I'm just not all the way ready for this. I'm not, I'm not completely like ready to do this. There's no time like the present time. Well, I got to get my ducks in a row. Well, your ducks are everywhere. <laughs> There's no time like now. Get them in a row as you go. Too many times we're like, well, if I just get better, well, later I'll do this. And then, you know, when I get all this in order, then I'm going to do that. Or when I get all this stuff and I go through all this, and then I'm going to, well, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. We, we treat that like we do with giving too. Well, you know, when I get all this other, all this debt in order, then I'm going to start giving to God. <laughs> Give to God and watch your debt get in order. I'm a living proof of that. I promise. But we do this. We, we always second guess. I, I wrote something this morning when I was working out. It's like, we're either going to make an excuse or we're going to make it happen. Today, you choose. What do you choose today? Is today, listen, you guys made a great choice today. You're in this building. You chose today to make it happen. I'm going to church. Did anybody like all hell break loose before you came to church? Like it was tough to get to church today? Raise your hand. Like we got a couple. Okay. Some are like, I just floated all the way here and it was great. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, I remember when, when I was, my parents aren't here. They're uh, suffering. Just pray for them. They're in Florida. Um, I remember being little and Ashley and I, my sister, we would always fight and argue in the back seat and all kinds of junk. And it was like, 
you better knock it off. And somehow mom's hand can reach all the way to the back. She's like got that go-go gadget arm. If kids, you don't know what that means, but that's, there's an inspector. He's a, he's a got gadgets. But um, somehow her, her hand could reach my lips from way back here. Somehow. Bust me in my mouth. I'll call the police. And she'll throw the phone, call the police. <laughs> but all hell would break loose over dumb stuff, and they'd get to church, and then everybody, good morning. God's good all the time. All the time, God's good. And that smile is like a good smile and an evil smile because I'm going to beat the fool out of these kids when I get home. <laughs> you going to die today, sucker? <laughs> and and we, we go through that, and it's like, man, I just, and it took forever just to get to church. Not us driving, but just my state of mind. And I think when we declare war, it's like there, there's, there's this. I know the cameras, there's... I know it shook you. <laughs> Good morning. You okay? Carter? I, I know it scared you. You got to open your eyes. <laughs> He's like, what the? The rapture. <laughs> I love doing that. It's fun. Um, but when you ring the bell, it's like, oh, it's ready or not. We got to go. And I think what God is trying to do is get us to a place of fast. It's intense. It's, it's time to go. Ready? Oh, I ain't ready. I ain't ready. If anybody's went through boot camp and you try to tell somebody, your sergeant, I got to try to get my pants up. I got things. They're going to pull your butt right up out of there. You're going to be an example. Things are going to happen. I mean, Dakota, you know, right? I mean, you weren't that guy. But if that would have happened, it would have been a different story in that, in that bunker. Big time. And I think what God's trying to do is the bell's ringing, and it's like, we declare war. Let's go. And, and people are like, well, can anybody find my shoes? Have you seen, where's my hairbrush? Have you, you know, and, 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 and then, it's, and then, then it's, it's a spiritual matter. It's like, you know, I just don't know. I'm just still dealing with this. This is still going on in my life. And, I mean, I don't even know if God can use me in this and this and that. And God's like, listen, I'm going to use you through the process. Just get going. Pick it up, pick up your sword, pick your shield up, get your helmet, get your stuff on. We got to go. Because if that was the case, Jesus would have never used the 12 disciples. This is some crazy guys. Out of all of them, we're like, we're going to change the world. And Thomas is like, there's no way. I mean, how are we going to do that? That, that? And Peter, you know, he'll just be cutting people. He's, he's kind of my jam. Like, Peter's like cut somebody. He's just going for it. And there's so many different characteristics in these disciples. And Jesus is... Did he try to get them all to do something? Like, you know what? Let's go through a 12 weeks program first before we actually try to do this. He just said, we got to go. I got so much time here and I need your help. And listen, as they, until they died themselves, it was still being developed. They were still being developed. Don't ever, just because you said you're a Christian for 20 years or 20 minutes or however long you've been a Christian, don't act like you've arrived somewhere. You got to continue to grow in your faith. Continue to go. And I think that bell ringing and waking up students and, um, and, and, and declaring war is one of those things that it, God's like, let's go. We got to get going. We, we got to go now. And no matter what those disciples were looking at, like, you want me to do, they just had to get going. And I think that's what he's trying to do today in our modern time. Yeah, do we make a big example and make this like a big outpost and saying like we, 
here, basically when I think of this in my head, we're like, here's some instructions, take it and go. And we'll meet back next week. You know, that kind of thing. But I, I think God's trying to get us to just ready or not, no matter how I feel or what's been going on, I need to just get up and go. I think too many times we sit down and we're just, we, we, we're defeated, but most of the time the enemy's already been defeated, but you just keep on replaying the script in your head. And you've got to get your mind in order and catch up to it. Like I got to, you ever been so tired where your mind hadn't caught up to the fact that you got to get up and you ever do that when you're laying in bed when it's time to get up? You're like, I'm getting up. I'm going to count to 30. Then I'm getting up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to the, sh- I'm going to do that. <laughs> Anybody ever had those moments where you're, you're trying to like psych yourself out or say things to yourself? Like I'm getting up now. My, my fan's going, Alexa, turn my fan off. I'm getting up. <laughs> and I think it's just one of those things. It's like, it's time. Let's go. We, we, we linger too long in trying to figure it out and trying to justify and, and, and say the things I haven't got done yet. I mean, I would hate to be the guy, the disciple, when Jesus, and, and it, I would still want to ask him when I go to heaven, how did you do it when Jesus was calling you and he just told you, let the dead bury the dead, come follow me? That one right there would have been tough. That would have been a tough one. Like, that was my parent. And I need to, you know, do the arrangements and finish this. Let the dead bury the dead. You come follow me. And he was just, let's go. And I'm not saying that he was insensitive to that. He just knew that in a moment there is a time and we got to get going right now in this moment. And so what we were talking about last week, if you've not heard it, please go back and listen to it. It will help make sense to what we're saying on the back end of this we have to link arms no matter what it's like ready or not we got to link up we we are stronger together our numbers are greater together that's, that's why he says it in his word he says it so clear and we use it a lot it says when two or three are gathered in my name there i am in the midst of them we're stronger in prayer we're stronger in everything when we're together in that God wants us to develop. Now, the problem is sometimes is people are so stuck on, like, I, I can't do anything unless I'm with this certain person because that person's more spiritual, and they're going to carry me through this battle. God's trying to develop you to be a strong one, that you can help encourage somebody else and lift them up through the battle. It's good stuff. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. So last week we talked about the Navy SEALs and how they did the surf torture wars and how as they were training they would link arms together and hold with their backs um, towards the waves and would lay down and they would lay there for hours with the waves crashing over them not knowing when anything would happen. Um, And the importance of linking arms at that moment wasn't just for you, it was to help keep your mind focused on the team. If you could focus on the team, then most of the time you could make it because you weren't so worried about what was happening on the inside. And today I want to use another example of the SEALs. Um, We've used them ever since we pretty much started getting into grit and some of the other stuff. But the Navy SEALs do another thing that when they get ready to go into um, breach somewhere or take a prisoner or different things like that, what they do is they will line up together in a line and with their uh, gun in one hand and with the other arm, they will reach out and they will touch the shoulder of the man in front of them and they will keep their hand on that shoulder. And as their hand is stayed on that shoulder, the last person, when they are in order in line, will tap 
and let them know that everybody was here and then they tap on up and say, we're ready. And you have a door kicker and then you have the ones that are in line. And what happens with that is they have a specific position for each of them of what they're supposed to be doing. See, it's not just about, you know, they're just in line and they're rating. No, one person in line knows that they're going to the left. The other person in line knows they take the right. The other person in line knows they take the front. The other person in line takes the back. The other, they know exactly where they're headed. And the importance of that is so that the person that's in front or behind doesn't have to worry about that position. They don't have to worry about their right. They don't have to worry about what they say, they're six. They don't have to worry about any of it. Because they know that that person on their team is in position to take their spot and their place and do their job. And what happens is if they know that somebody is missing on their team, then it causes a problem for an area to be covered. And it causes a weakness to come in because not one person can be in two places once at one time. And God began to speak to me about this as they go in. See, when you declare war, you're getting ready to breach and raid the enemy. Right? And it is important that we know where our position is on the team. It's important that we realize that your ability to fulfill your position on the team matters. That you matter. Where you are matters. When one person chooses to leave their position, it throws off the team and creates weaknesses. If we don't stand where we need to be, they depend on each other. And what's crazy is they're not at that mind at that moment going, well, I wonder if they're really going to be able to do this. I wonder, are you, and they're not all turning around. Now you got, now you got, now you got, are you sure, bro, you got that? I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure you got, no, they're not doing that. They're not freaking out, worried about somebody who can't keep their commitments. They're not worried about that. You know, they're not going, well, you know, you know, Jack back there, he going to be late. He can't show up on time for nothing. They don't worry about that. They don't worry about somebody saying, oh, yeah, man, I got you. I got your back. I got you. And then in the next sentence, in the next statement, they know that that person is already sabotaging them by either backstabbing or going to the other team and retreating. They don't worry about things like that. They make sure before they go out that their heads are straight and they're in the game and they know everybody knows their spot and you better fulfill it. And that's the goal. We have to know our position as a teammate to each other. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Two people are better off than one because they can help each other succeed. And I think what happens is we wonder why we're struggling sometimes so much as people is because we feel like we're an island. We've all heard the old saying, no man is an island. It's the truth. You can't do everything in life by yourself. You need people around you to be there for you, to support you, to encourage you. I don't care whether it's just accountability. I mean, people need it for daily. There's a lot of people who use it for weight loss goals or workout goals or things that they do during the days or keeping themselves accountable to quitting smoking or different. You, you have people in your life that help you through daily things. Or whether you're struggling or you have a bad day, you have people to help keep you accountable. That's, that's the importance of teammates and knowing that you can fulfill your position. Working together doubles the strength and helps the mission succeed. Working together doubles the strength and helps this mission succeed. Our mission, we've said it from the very beginning, that was the theme of the year. The mission, we said it over it, was to give glory to God and make his name known. 
That's what our mission is in life. To let others know who he is through us. And we do better when we work together. When we show the world division, we're only showing them what they already know. And they're not going to turn to it. But when we show the world unity and a strong front that stands united. When we stand united together and we fulfill our position as a team member. And know that we have a purpose for God. It works a whole lot better. We show people who God really is. And I think that... Knowing that working on a team starts with one individual getting it in their mind that they're there for a specific purpose, which is Jesus Christ. When you get that in your mind and everybody begins to get that in their minds individually, then together, connected and corporately, we can move and shake things. And I think something that we have to remember is Pastor Brandon's been saying it. He says, just keep showing up. He's talking about on Sunday mornings, but... In your daily life, when you get up, just keep showing up. When you get up in the morning, show up. Not just, I'm not talking about just arriving. I'm talking about show up mentally, show up spiritually, show up physically. If we miss one of those components, see, I can get up and I can go to the store. But if I am not mentally prepared for that store and I don't have my things in order, what happens is we end up with a cart full of junk that I didn't even need because I wasn't prepared. Do you see what I'm saying? It gets us in situations of things that aren't, aren't necessary. And as we work as a team for Jesus Christ to link arms together, that person next to you needs to know that you are there and you will show up continually for them mentally, spiritually, and physically, that they can count on you. And when you don't feel like you got it enough physically, maybe you got it there spiritually and they can help you where you're weak. Do you see what I'm saying? Or maybe you might be struggling a little bit spiritually. They can help you where you're weak, but you're still showing up. Just keep showing up. When you stop showing up, that's when the enemy comes in because he knows that he's already gained territory in your mind. He's gained it in your body and he's gained it in the influence that you have because you stop showing up. It's important to stay connected. Your connection to the team can change the outcome. It can change the outcome of the battle. And you ask me, well, how does this make sense? I want you to turn with us to Exodus 17, um, verses 8 through 13. Um, And the ESV is where we're going to be reading it from. But I want to tell you a story about Moses. And if some of you don't know it, this is about Moses when they went to fight the Amalekites. And what God begins to tell him to do. And this story spoke to us so much about holding your position. It says in verse 8, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until going down, uh, the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. The key part about it is, is that they all knew their positions, and they knew the importance about being connected. See, Moses' arms, when he put them down, it disconnected the team. 
His position at that moment was to keep his arms raised up, giving God the glory and the honor and showing that God had the authority over it. And when he put his arms down, it began to disconnect the team because Joshua and the ones who were actually fighting begin to lose. They begin to lose the battle. And what happened was Aaron and her come along and they're like, okay, we can't lose this battle. So what they do is they begin to fulfill their position and hold up Moses's arms. And they begin to say, okay, we're going to do this because we know that these people down here are depending on us up here to do our part. And if we don't do our part and hold our position, then what happens is we lose the battle. It begins to disconnect you. And there are often times that I think that we are different than Moses and her, where, or Aaron and her with Moses, where sometimes we look at it and we're like, well, that's not my job. That's not my job. God told Moses to do it. God told Moses that was his job. He asked Moses to do that. And that's their job down there to do that fighting. I, I, that's not my job. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When you enlist in God's army, you do that, whether you want to or not. When you ask him to come into your heart, you enlist in his army. You don't have the privilege just to say, that's not my job. (laughs) You begin to step up wherever anything is needed and hold up and do the right thing that's needed to be done and know your position is just to maybe hold the arm of the person next to you because they're fighting for God and they need that, that strength to help keep going. You have to fulfill your position. You have to stay connected. No matter what position you hold, and, and you could be somebody doing something else. If they win the battle, you win the battle. You're all in it together. The battle's won together. The advancement happens together. Too many times, and I've said this so many times lately, all the enemy wants to do is separate you. That's all he wants to do. If he can just put a wedge in, he will start trying to win that battle. Because if he can separate you and isolate you, then all hell can break loose in your mind and you will feel all alone. And you can't link up with anybody. You have to be involved. Too many times we have that, that whole deal where we think that, well, why do I have to be involved? Why, why is that? If Jesus Christ is Lord of your life and you have accepted him as Lord and Savior over everything else into your heart. You are a part of that, whether you like it or not. And that's when the bell rings. It's like we got to go because he's looking. And, and throughout the Bible, like I said last week, there's always a remnant of people still worth fighting for the cause of God. It says it throughout the Bible all the time. Oh, how are we going to get this done? And somebody's going to raise their hand and be like, there's still a remnant over here on this side of the valley that's still fighting for the cause. I'm telling you right now, whether it's our name or not, there's still a remnant right here still ready to fight for the cause. Just like I said in a, in, a, in a thing on Facebook, do me a favor, like our page, share anything that gets posted on that. That's how we keep spreading it out. We, we gave some food to a school, and that school wasn't able to get their funding for, for snacks for those kids. We declare war on poverty. What are we going to do about it? Oh, it's just, you know, the church is doing a great job. Yeah. See, you guys win. And if I'm going to be 100% honest, I get in a truck. I go get the stuff. I deliver it to the school. But guess who wins? Everybody that calls it Remnant Church. You see what I'm saying? 
I'm not upset about it or anything. I know this is what God's called me to do right here. Now, it'd be nice to have extra help in some areas because that stuff's heavy at times. But what I'm saying is we have to do something. And I put, made a post about it. It's like if you, you know, we can't do everything, but you can do something. Buy snacks and send it to that school. Yeah. You know, like what can you do? What can you do? What can the church do? There's, and that's why giving is so important at times because that, that, that financial support can help go supply that. That financial support can help get uh, the things we need or gas money to get the stuff or pay for extra food that we have. It all pl- plays together, but you are a part of that. How did Remnant Church in 2020 give 30,000 pounds of food a week from March till the end of the year? Because the church declared war. They declared war. And they said, you can shut the doors. We're going outside. And we're going to be doing something. We're not just going to talk about it and be hiding in our house. We're going to get out and do something about it. So that's what we do. We do stuff about it. What kind of church is this? This is a doer church. This church does it. We get in the shadows. Because if you remember, you was one of those people in the shadows acting a fool remember where you come from but your family and your friends are still in there so get back in and pull them out don't blend in and stay i'll come get you you know i will but get in and pull out i'll I'll say this she read that scripture attacks and battles will come no matter what attacks and battles will come the children of israel just recently was freed from Egypt. We've all heard the story. We've probably seen the cartoon movie. We've probably seen the 12 commandments. We've seen all the movies. We've seen them and they're great. These people were just freed from Israel or from from Egypt, going to the promised land. They were making their way there. And all of a sudden they were getting attacked. They started to get attacked. Now, now, you need to realize this, that the children of Israel were right in the middle of God's will. They just got freed, felt so bound, so bound for so long, and God freed them from the hands of Pharaoh, swallowed up the enemy in the water, let them go. Moses said, I am that I am has come. Let my people go. And finally, after all said and done, after all the plagues, he let them go. So they're, they're in that stage, right in his will, coming from, from slavery, walking through the Dead Sea, God providing manna and quail, made bitter water sweet, provided water from a rock. Moses took the staff and hit the rock, struck the rock, and a gush of water like a river come flowing out and they were because they were upset they were like man we're so thirsty we're gonna die out here they were complaining and and some of the different translations that read that is are funny because Moses like you know here we are again God the sheep are loud you know like it just he just going at it and he's like man these people keep complaining like I, I, I can eat good at being a slave you know that kind of thing and he hits a rock. God tells him to hit, strike the rock, and water comes out of a rock. Now, does that make any sense to anybody? I mean, we, we go and buy our water, don't we, in the bottles. We even buy air. That's fun. 
We breathe it and buy it and fun. But he strikes it, water comes, they're finally relieved, they're all over there just like a trough, just everybody's getting the water. I don't know when they're going to get it next. Let's fill up all of our little canteen thing. Let's get, a, let's get the water going. And in this moment, here comes a battle. Out of nowhere, it says that they started attacking because they ended up stepping onto their land. And they were going to defend their land. And God wasn't having it. God wasn't having it. You're talking coming out of This is their first battle. And he calls them and tells them, listen, we're going to have to do something about this. So all this happens, and then they're attacked. I want you to, whether you want to write this down, remember it, tweet it, post it, whatever you want to do, put this in your memory bank. Following after God doesn't mean you're free from attack, but you're free from defeat. Following after God doesn't mean you're free from attack, but you're free from defeat. This just started happening. Take your whole entire family, over a million people, let's get across the sea. Let's start out, and they're going to bring manna from heaven, and water's going to come out, and all of a sudden, this is at the beginning of all this, trying to figure out new life, getting to the promised land, and they start getting attacked. Just know attacks come, but you don't have to be defeated. Because if God is, if you are in the center of God's will, you will have attacks. But you won't have to be defeated in it. And I would say this. Work like it all depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God. Work like it all depends on you. We got to link up. We got to do our part. But pray like it all depends on God. Because we know that the battle is the Lord's. We know that we have a job to do in this. And we know how the enemy wants to destroy. Moses told Joshua, he said, rally up troops and fight. This is the first time Joshua was on the scene. You know, if you listen to, the, you read the story and you know the story about what happens later in, the, in this whole thing, later on, Joshua is the one who leads them into the promised land. Joshua was the one who marches around Jericho. Joshua was the one who starts going after it. Joshua's the one who takes the hill called Jerusalem. Joshua's the one who does that. This is the first time we hear of anything about this man named Joshua. Not even a man. He's like a young adult getting ready to be a man. He is still young, and he's just fearless. He said, rally up. Grab some people. We're going to fight. They start attacking. So he uses Joshua to defeat the Amalekites. And it really just shows us the importance of involvement. Moses had to call on somebody to help this fight. Moses didn't leave Joshua fighting. He didn't just leave him like, okay, you need to rally up and we'll see you later. Godspeed. No. While they were fighting, he said that him and Aaron and her, they all went up on the hill. Overlooking. And it didn't say that they went on the hill and Moses had basically Moses' staff or the staff of Aaron or the staff of Israel. It was God's staff. And see, he knew that the power source was, along was God, the great I am. The power of God was in the staff. Can I? 
remind you one more time. I need to write a book on this eventually. How valuable you are. When the Ark of the Covenant held the tablets and held all the stuff and the power of God was in that and the power of God was in a staff and the power of God was in all these articles. But then when Jesus came and changed the game, he put that power in you. You alone. You are the staff. You are that. You are the ark of the... You are all of those things because Jesus Christ dwells within your temple. You have all the source you need. You don't need anything else. But at that time, they needed the staff. At that time, the ark of the covenant had to go. But when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, and you can have full access to him, you are the source. You are the article. It's your life. It's you. But he realized that I'm going to get up on this hill and I'm going to take these two guys with me. And the Lord, the Lord's staff, the, the power of God in this is going to help defeat. And that's what he used to symbolize his power through the Red Sea. Lift up your staff and slam it down into the ground. Take the staff and strike the rock. That's what he used to demonstrate his power. And he demonstrated it to show you who he was. So in this moment, when he lifts up the staff, the battle belongs to the Lord. But you can lift something so long before it gets real tiring. And I'll tell you this. You can say, let me backtrack a little bit. Oh, man, I'm a Christian. I'm trying to do this. And all of a sudden, there's a... There's a there's a situation. There's a, there's a situation. Man, God just provided a miracle, and all of a sudden, I'm getting attacked again. You ever felt like that when you're just trying to get on the right track, and you're doing something, and God's calling you to do something, and it just feels like that you can't win? But realize this. Just because it's, it's an attack doesn't mean you're not going to win. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. The way you lose is in your flesh. That's how you lose. How many times does that happen, though? Something comes up. Family stuff happens. Things happen. And what do we do first? That mouth wants to rumble. And I told you. And you want to go off. And then all of a sudden, we don't know where the Christian Brandon went. We found hell, Brandon. We, we, we found this other guy. Where did that guy, where did he come from? And then the battle isn't the Lord's anymore because the spirit isn't overriding the flesh. The flesh starts to override the spirit because he gave us choice to declare. What are you going to do about it? And I think that's, what, well, I've been losing some of these battles, but you've got to look deep inside. Why are you losing those battles? Why are you losing those battles? What are you doing? Work like your life depends on it. Pray like God's going to fight and win that battle. Well, I was just thinking about how Moses, it says that he grew weary and he grew tired at that moment. And I believe that he still had it in his spirit to fight, but his body was just giving out at that moment to be like, I cannot do this any longer. And what's crazy is what I love about what Aaron and her did is that the passion that Moses had to fulfill his position 
inspired them to fulfill their position to do the right thing. It, your, you and your lifestyle should inspire others to want to fulfill their position for Jesus Christ. It should, it should inspire them to be like, oh, well, if he can't do it, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for him. I'm going to help out. I'm going to do whatever needs to be done to let the name of Jesus be known. And it should allow others to see that light, that, that drive, that zeal, that passion, that tenacity, that grit in you should inspire others to say, hey, I'm going to step up beside you and I'm going to link arms. And even when you feel, I'm going to do this together. I'm, we're going to do this together. Come on. And so I look at Moses and I think about how he was tired at that time. And it made me think about it that linking arms with others can at times be exhausting. It can be wearing it can be tiresome. It can feel painful. Look, I'm, let me tell you what. I'm telling you, Moses' arms were in pain by the time that he was done holding and trying to give out. And what happened is Aaron and her come up, and who knows how long that they were holding because it says for a period when Moses' arms were down, then the, the Israelites began to be defeated. Well, that had to be for a minute there because you don't, just, you don't just instantly turn and like, oh, now we're losing. No, you begin to be attacked, and you begin to lose men and people and, and the ground that you're taking. And what happened was Aaron and her are like, okay, we have a, we have a choice right now. We can either come up and we can lift his arms, we can lift the staff for him in his arms, or we can turn around and walk away and just say we lost. Because the pain, I watch the pain that Moses go through, and I don't want that pain. I don't want that trauma. I don't want that exhaustion. I don't want that fatigue. I don't want to take that on. And instead of looking at it like that way, they begin to raise their arms and say, no matter what happens, no matter how bad this hurts, no matter how much I have to do, no matter how hard it is, no matter how exhausting it gets, no matter how tiring it is, I'm still going to do the right thing and fulfill my position to raise the arms of Moses and to link arms together and do what's right. I think in the end of that, no matter what you face, you have to keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. It's so easy at times to take your eyes off of him. No matter what goes on. And, and you could be doing some good stuff. Life could be just amazing. But see, the enemy will try to distract and take your eyes just, just slightly off of him. Because, oh, that looks good. Oh, that relationship looks good. Or if I got this, because I'm chasing money because I'm never satisfied, so I always have to have the next best thing. And I, you, you can always get your eyes off of the Lord in so many different ways. See, Moses had his hands lifted towards heaven, no doubt holding the staff in his hands. And the children of Israel were winning the, the battle. They were winning. But the moment his hand would go down, they were losing. God's power needed to be lifted up for them to win. And I think in all areas of our life, we have to keep lifting up the name of Jesus so we can win. We can't lift ourselves up. We can't even lift up this church name. This ain't even about that. It's about him. Him alone. And we have to keep lifting him up. But they kept, every time he said that they, they, their hands, his hands got weary, that they started to lose. And they, they started seeing this pattern. I mean, I was telling Jen this Last night we were just talking about, like, these stories and stuff. I'm like, man, imagine being Joshua. 
being called upon to lead, to be a general. And then you're battling and you start seeing people losing. And in one moment, you look at the hill and his arms are down. He's just standing there. And you hurry up and turn back because you're still fighting. But in your mind, the last thing you saw, because you didn't see the whole content, you just saw that his arms were down. And you're like, is this really worth fighting? Why is his arms? You could be thinking this, and that's how you can lose real quick because your mind will take you somewhere because you have no full content of what is actually happening. You assume that this man just gave up. How many times does that happen in our lives when we don't have the full story? We just go somewhere else in assumption, and assumption brings us uh, this elaborate story that's an imagination, and we have an ought with somebody for no reason. And we disconnect, and we're not connected, we're not in, in, in plugged in together. And his arms, <laughs> they grew weary. It, it, it reminds me of the story, real quick, of, of Peter and Jesus. Jesus is telling him to go to the other side. They're like, all right. All of a sudden, there's a storm. They're freaking out. It's starting to get in a boat. Water's getting in. And you're, you're talking, like, I, I just got to put it in perspective real quick. This is a pretty bad storm when you're talking about fishermen are afraid to die in the boat. When these guys are used to storms and boat rocking and stuff, this had to have been a vicious storm for these fishermen, some of these fishermen in that boat, really upset and scared. But when he sees Jesus walking on the water, then they're scared of two things. They're scared of the situation, and then they're scared of the fact that something's walking on the water. That's crazy. But when he realizes it is Jesus, he says, it's I, have faith. When he realizes it, Peter asks a question, can I come to you? Now, see, Peter's like, like I'm like that. I, I want, like, this is crazy. But what I love about what Peter did is he just didn't jump ship. So many times we try to act like we're doing the will of God, but God never called you to do it. But Jesus said, come. And I can give you some great advice. When Christ calls you to do it, go. If he doesn't, keep doing what you've been doing before. Just keep staying steady. So he goes out. He's got his eyes on Christ. And that's the greatest part is understanding that when you keep your eyes on God, you're able to walk on the water, not just the water. The water was their situation. Walk on top of your situation. But again, the moment he took his eyes off of him because the storm was happening, he started to sink. And too many times, if our eyes aren't on God, we start losing the battle and sinking in this thing called life. We have to, no matter what we face, no matter what our children face, no matter what goes on, when you declare war, you have to keep your eyes on God the whole time. Not shifting it over here, wondering, not comparing over here with that, not trying to do this. You have to keep it. If you look to the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you keep your eyes on Christ, you'll be at rest. Let me say it again. If you look to the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you keep your eyes on Christ, you'll be at rest. And that's where this whole thing has has to fall in line. It has to come together because no matter what, We have to keep our eyes on God. And you hear those statements. Teamwork makes the dream work. And that's the truth. We're better together. We have a team. We we, we have to work together. We have to move together. Too many times I see this with the church. And and 
and, and hear it with, like, sometimes the news and stuff, and they say, how in the world are you guys able to do some of the stuff you guys do? Because it's that statement, teamwork makes the dream work. And, it's, and it's, it's, what I love is it's a, it's a remnant. Because it's, we're, we're talking like dealing with hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people with just a little bit of people. But God always takes a remnant of people and displays his glory because if we had the same amount of people helping that we would serve, where would, who would get the glory? He always does it that way. I'm going to give you less in the moment so that I get the glory and see this whole thing unfold the right way. They noticed Moses getting weak. They noticed the pattern on the battlefield. Instead, you know, they, instead of not doing anything, Aaron and her decided to say, let's, let's do something. I don't know if it was Aaron or her, but one of them grabbed a rock. Let's sit this man down. And then when he sits down, we'll hold his arms up because he's weak. And, and here's the thing. Instead of Aaron and her giving suggestions what to do, lecturing him on proper strengthening, strengthening his arm, here's the proper way you should work out your arm so you can have a stronger arm when you lift it. You know, he didn't just go into some kind of teaching mode to M- Moses. Now, if you would have just been working out that arm this way and this way, just got those couple muscle groups going good, you'd be able to hold that a little harder. And they didn't care. They didn't try to lecture. They didn't try to give too many words. They just went into action. He's struggling. We know that the, the God, God, God's defeating with it raised. We got to do something about this. They made him a seat. They li- lifted his hands. They held his arms until it was all done. It said until sun went down. That they were holding his arms up and he was holding that. Now, I guarantee the man, like if I've played and I haven't played it, I broke the stick, Dakota. You weren't here, but I did. But sometimes if I haven't played the drums for a long time, my hand cramps to it, to the stick. And I'm like, I gotta like pull it apart and stuff. I mean, mad, this guy holding this, I'm telling you right now, there is no way of him, is a dead grip not being able to get that off when it was time to let go of it. When you're working, you hear often, that's not my job. When you're, when you're at work, at the workplace, that's not my description, so I'm not going to do anything more than what I need to do. This is my description. This is all I do. We hear that at the workplace. And at, at times, unfortunately, we hear it in church. Ah, Somebody else can do that. I, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, we've, we've had that happen in kids' ministry or in different places of serving. I just don't want to do that. And, and you, you see where that, that falls in place with just like the world does. Do you know Aaron and her could have done the same thing? Moses, that's your job. God's used you to walk through Egypt. God used you to do this. That's your job. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Instead... They started to serve. They said, it didn't matter. I'm going to lift him up. It didn't matter. I'm going to lift. I no matter how it looked, no matter what happened, I'm going to lift. I know that the battle's the Lord's if we lift up. And so we're going to lift up. Instead of having to be served, serve. Instead of leaving a mess, clean one up. Instead of causing a problem, help solve a problem. Aaron didn't assume full responsibility or of lifting up 
Moses, it was Aaron and her. See, together, again, you make the dream work. Together, you make the, the dream come alive when everybody does their part. And it wasn't like, okay, Aaron, you're going to get that arm. You're going to get that arm. So they didn't have that. When they went up on that hill, it wasn't like, okay, guys, listen, when his arms go down, you're going to grab the left, I'm going to grab the right. Nobody was thinking anything like that. They just took action when it was time to take action. You ever seen a car wreck or have been involved where you had to help save somebody? Nobody had a, a five-point plan of how we're going to do this. What do you do? You get in, you grab them, you help save their life. Whatever it takes, you don't think about it. You just go, well, I ain't got the bag to try to do mouth-to-mouth. I need like three bags and I need the... You just save a life. You lift up. That's what we do. I think when you hear the statement, we declare war, it should make you think we and be literal about it because what happens is that when we're we-minded, it's always bigger than the me-minded. So when I'm we-minded, it's bigger than me-minded. And I, I have just a short little illustration. It's nothing huge, but put your arms up, babe. I know they're, I know they're long. They're like weird. But just come this way. So I, I need to be on here. Her, no, if you stand, there's no way I'm going to reach you. No, I'm going to come up like this. So look. When your arms are up like this, what happens if you look at it in reality? This is Moses, right? When Moses was we-minded, look, we have a W right here. When he's we-minded and his arms are up, it keeps it connected. Put your arms down to your side. But when I'm me-minded and I'm only thinking, it creates the M, and I'm me-minded, I lose my connection and the ability to connect with people. And just like Moses at that time, as he had his arms up, knowing that the battle was about the we and the fullness of what God was doing. And what's crazy is when our arms are up in the battle, we become connected to God first because we're we-minded with Christ, and then we become we-minded with his people, and then we connect. See, it's not about really literally just holding hands. It's not about that. It's literally holding hearts and spirits, and then physically coming together to connect, to do the work, to get it done. And the problem of it is, is too many times, you can put your arms down, too many times we walk around like this, because we're too afraid of what will happen if we open our arms like this. Because when we open our arms like this, what happens is it causes vulnerability and things to be seen and emotions to rise and things to happen. And it causes responsibility because you're saying, okay, I'm open for you, God, to do whatever you want. But when I keep my arms down to my side, that means I have no bowl to fill for God to do anything with. And I don't really have the room to say that you matter because I'm going to keep to myself. And that's why it's so important when we said we declare war. We had a discussion about this before this started. Pastor Brandon and I began to talk, and he's like, I had told him one night, I was like, we declare war. It's in my spirit. It's in my heart. And this was months before this had even happened. 
And then he came and he was like, should we call it I declare war or we declare war? And we went back and forth and we went back and forth. And I said, it's not about the I anymore. I said, that's the problem in this world. I can do anything I want by myself on my own terms for my own privilege and for what I want. And we've got to get back to the mentality that we are in this together. We declare it together. We fight together. We hold arms together. We serve God together. We serve the city of Terre Haute together. We serve church together. We serve each other together. We're in it together. And I think that's the goal. And if you can think, it's just a silly little thing, but if you can look at yourself and realize that when I keep my arms open, I'm creating this wide open stance, number one, for God to fill me, to say, what can we do, God, together so that we can work together as a team? And that's the goal. See, when we're me-minded, we're disconnected. When we're we-minded, we're linked up. And that's what God wants us to do. We declare war. That's the goal of it. Moses only won the battle on his own for a little while when he could lift his arms on his own. But if you truly want to have victory, it's time that you lift your arms together and link together to win it together. Because together is the only way that we're going to get this done. Well, we have, we have a half. Man, we're, we're getting close to over half a year. Yeah. Left. Of 2021. And I think it's time for us to be that. Be an Aaron. Be a, be a her. Yep. Who can you lift up the rest of this 2021? And, and, and maybe, as we've been talking, maybe some images of people have passed through your mind. People in your life. Co-workers. Family members. People you know and you associate with, a friend, somebody. Who can you help lift up? Maybe it's your own child. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe that hasn't happened. Maybe that needs to happen. Who can you lift up? And the crazy thing is, is don't wait. You can start now. Start now lifting up. Take this last part of this whole year and say, you know, I'm going I'm to do that. We declared war. We're, we're, start, we're starting in this new deal. We declare war, and I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link arms. I'm going to lift somebody up. Find that while you are spending all that energy lifting up others, you will find that you yourself will be lifted up also. Because it takes energy to lift somebody up. But when you go... And you're doing what God's called you to do in that. You find yourself being lifted up. It's time to link up. Go ahead. Go ahead and stand with us today. I think the whole thing is about a challenge to yourself to, to again, now that we talked about being self-isolated and then being the teammate that you desire to have, then you put into action the things that you learn and you become that teammate. You become that person that can be dependable. And, and here again, it takes self-reflection and you have to ask yourself, am I a dependable person? When I say I can, you can count on me, is that really the truth? When I say that I've got your back, do I really mean that? Can I be trusted? Am I trustworthy? And the things that God has given me, am I able to know that when I go out to battle, that 
that I can depend on the ones that I've got to the left and to the right with me that when they see that things are going on that they're going to help encourage and uplift me can I trust in that and that's the biggest goal we have to know that we are in this together and again we say it over and over it is not about you but it really really is not about you this life is not about you. It's not about the house that you have, the cars that you can have, how many kids you can have, the family that you have. It's not about that. The life that we live is about living out in service to Jesus Christ. And all those other things are just added blessings. But when you make your life about you and all the things that you have and all the things that you're going to do and all your goals and you forget about the battle that's going on in the spirit realm that's been raging for thousands of years and is coming to a head, what happens is you lose sight of who you are and you lose sight of your teammates. And so what I think is a challenge to you today is can you reflect and really ask God, can you be dependable and can you lift your arms to quit being me focused and be we focused so that we can win the war that God has asked us to fight. Amen? Amen. Everybody in the room, if you would like, lift your arms for a second. We're just going to pray for a minute. You can put them out in a we. You can put them out however you want. But we're just going to ask God that he would begin to encourage us and strengthen us to move um, as he desires. So Heavenly Father, today, we come to you we-minded, not me-minded. God, forgive us for all the time, God, that we've kept our arms down um, in praise or kept our arms down not wanting to connect to others, God. Kept our arms down from not wanting to connect to you, God, because maybe we were too tired or it's too hard or too exhausting or things go too tough. God, I pray, God, that as we see the battle beginning to commence, God, it would only spur us on to raise our arms even higher and to connect even deeper on a deeper level with those around us. God, that we would want to fall into your place, God, and position that you have asked us, and we would choose, God, to know that the battle is yours and we fight for a greater cause. His name is Jesus Christ. I thank you for every person in this room, God. And I pray, God, that you would help them reflect on whether they are dependable, whether they can be counted on, God, whether, God, that they are being able to fulfill their position or have they literally retreated before it even began. I pray you move on them today. And God, encourage us, God, that we are better together and we can do this. We declare war and in you, we 